Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, yeah, hey, pal. Um, <laughs> Daddy, um, why do we have stand to... Stand up, stand up straight. Um, thank you. Um, why do we have to move around so much? I want to join a theater, Daddy. I want to do performances. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, so do you think that um, uh, I, you know, sweated my ass off in Kuwait so that you could uh, uh, just, what? I mean, you know, you think that's wise, pal, huh? You think you, I, I you, just want to have the same friends for more than a year. Here's what I'm asking you to invest. This is an investment. Invest in your future. Invest in your country. And, uh, yeah. But it seems like you're investing and we're just being fucked with. I mainly, I regret... I need to express myself, Daddy. Let me go out and say the dance. I'm and, doing the naked plan. I don't care what you say about it. I deeply regret having had so many children. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Mainly, I think that was my... That was a, a, a temptation of the flesh uh, took over. And I forgot my... I forgot my, my military bearing for a moment. Tell me if Helena's soliloquy sounds right when I say it like You're this. not playing Helena. You're not playing Helena. You, you're going to be Demetrius, if anything. Why are you doing push-ups again, Daddy? For upper body strength. Uh, it's also great for your core. And um, mainly it's, it's so that I have a keen and level gaze... Uh, with which to intimidate. Kiss me, Daddy. Kiss oh. me, Daddy. Mm. Show me your love. God. Show me the kisses. Do you know I could inflict pain on you? But I, I, I choose not to. I'm showing an incredible amount of restraint. And that's the brighter side. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the brighter side. I'm Cena John. That was Ryan, Ryan Fike with us. <laughs> As always, Ed Larson, Amber Nelson, and Hello. Sam Stubbs Word. So and the uh, proprietor of the Creek and the K, Rebecca Trent, thank you so much for Hello. being here with us. The queen and king of the land has <laughs> yes. graced us with her presence. Ma'am, it is so it's so nice to have you so wonderful. In, in, in our presence. May I, may I get you? You, may I get you some flowers or a fish? Certainly not. A the honor is entirely mine, sir. I, I couldn't possibly impose upon you to feed me on top oh, of this. Oh, you embarrass honor. us. You may, embarrass us. May I, may I, may I kiss, kiss the hand of, of the queen Ooh. of the town? 
Yes. Oh. You're on it, too. No, oh. I take it back. I don't want you kissing it. Oh. Too much slime. Oh. Oh. I'll take the toes. <laughs> that was a very funny intro. Uh, for the side. Today we are talking about being a military brat and also how that relates to being an adult, which uh, both Ryan Fike and Rebecca Trent grew up to be a theater kids. But let's first talk about being a military brat growing when up. When we were needed, we were there. It's a- we were there. When we were needed, we were there. <laughs> so, needless to say, being a being a military brat, uh, you don't give a stable uh, stable home. You're moved around the world. Uh, you're, you're you're taught to meet very, very different people, and uh, all you know. Basically, you're bred to have not be racist. True. I would that's say, true. That's, yeah, that, that I, is, yeah. That's I, I would an, say an, that an is unfortunate, an unfortunate result. Of, <laughs> yeah. You really you missed know, that one out, white man Ryan Fike. <laughs> <laughs> missed all the fun up being a racist. Um, now, Rebecca, and I didn't make that choice. It was made for me. It was made for you, much like everything else. You have no choice, Rebecca. Tell us about one place. Say you felt like you were an anomaly, where you were not in the majority. You really felt like. Uh, well, the first time that I really felt like I wasn't in the majority was probably after college uh, when I was living in D.C. for the first time and I was the only white person in like a 10 block radius and the cops would stop me and ask me if I was lost in Chocolate my neighborhood. Chocolate City, baby! Were you in Southeast? No, I was actually in Northwest between 2nd and Gallatin, oh, which yeah. was like a- adjacent to Tacoma Park mm-hmm. and it was close to Catholic University and it was a terrible, terrible neighborhood. I lived next door to a crack house. We used to have to like... I remember when Peanut got shot. I was the only one that would call the ambulance to have him come out. Who's Peanut? Peanut lived next door. He was just this cool guy. He was like 17 years old. Yeah, you said it to me like I was supposed to know Peanut, and I was just rolling around. I mean, I thought everybody knew Peanut. (laughs) Was he a little guy? He was a. No, he he had a top hat and a monocle. Yeah, he had a top hat and a monocle, and he wore no clothes. It was very uncomfortable for everybody. But they shot him, so I called the ambulance. Uh, but that was the that was the time when I felt like I was in the minority. I was factually in the minority. But yeah. I mean, honestly, being around a, a bunch of people who aren't military brats was the time when I felt like I was in the minority. I was an officer's kid. My dad was a lieutenant colonel in the 101st Airborne Division when huh? he when he uh, when he pulled out and uh, or I guess technically was was asked to leave. Um, and uh, we we were mixed in with everybody when we were in Germany we were mixed in with everybody when we were in the United States like I never was in like officers quarters so I always felt like I belonged with the military kids more than I felt like I belonged with civilians growing up so th- I, I think we just uh, just before we really get into this because I already feel like I don't really have a, much of a context on what the military kind of like lifestyle is so can you just give us like a quick overview you just said something where it's like living with the military people and living with civilians. So, yeah, were you like living a, on base growing it, up? When I lived in Germany, I did not live on base. I actually lived, there were 10 duplexes where there were military officers who were grade, like, I think they were lieutenant colonels. No, majors are better because my dad was a major at the time. Um, and they were, uh, there was just 10 families that were stationed in this one area of Berlin. So we were very isolated. Our neighbors were legitimately German. We experienced the culture in an entirely different way than mm. most of the kids who were stationed, who, whose parents were in like the housing development, like the projects mm. for the military kids. And your dad, he, he was a Confederate or a Union? Okay. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Confederate. No, no, dude, dude. My father has a painting of Robert E. Lee above oh. his bed. Really? I, I swear to you. Well, he's you know he was yes. a good leader. Uh, well, he was a great leader, actually. He's a West Potomac grad, and he was 
probably uh, the only person that the South is legitimately allowed to be proud of. You know, that's like my dad face. having a Taliban poster. Not a big deal. It's like a fun rock concert. <laughs> my dad also has an, uh, has an Iraqi prayer rug that has like uh, tanks all around it and stuff because uh, we had this guy Chachi when we were stationed in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Of course, everyone knows Chachi. Uh, the <laughs> the, uh, the Command General Staff College. My dad was a member. He, he was studying at CGSC. That's what you have to go through in the Army in order to get to uh, Lieutenant Colonel status and then full bird so a lot of majors were stationed there and that was when I discovered I was 10 we had a Commodore 64 if that dates me Mm -hmm. Uh, that was when we discovered that uh, we were training the Israelis we were literally training those soldiers how to be like good military men mm-hmm. and that like in your house blew like? my mind well the school was actually yeah the school was actually teaching them and so we had like all these weird artifacts from the wars that the Israelis, Israelis had fought like in our house and asking the questions about them they were hyper violent they were it was very like strange like the line of questionings that, that we would go with and uh, Chachki would get really like upset and he would or Chachi Chachi would get really upset and like tell us that we couldn't he couldn't answer any of those questions because we were coming from it like Americans who were learning about it in school and he was coming from it as like an actual soldier and he was deeply offended that we didn't understand why they were so mad. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. That's a, this sounds like you have a lot of cultural experience and that's very important growing up as a child. Now Ryan, where are some places that you have grown up as a child? You I, also did Germany, right? I did Germany. I did some time in Germany, man. <laughs> where? Uh, I saw the shit. Yeah, I, got, I ate some. I ate some Wiener Schnitzel, man. I saw some eighty <laughs> haircuts. Nice. Did you uh, also live in a ten ten house compound, or were you um, like not real? I, I lived. I lived on more of like because uh, uh, I lived, I was born in Nuremberg. And then I moved back and forth a lot, but I lived in other places like Erlangen. Spent a lot of time in court. Spent a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just love generalizing <laughs> everything about yeah. both of your lives. The one thing that Nuremberg is famous for. It's <laughs> like a uh, TNT made for that's TV all they movie. Can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, but there was like but these. the trial, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there were there were bases. I went to like American schools on American uh, army bases, but they were they're a little bit more like. They were smaller and almost like more hastily put up because they were all there because of the Soviets. This is when the wall was still up. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those places where I lived aren't there anymore. Um, Because it was like, we don't need to be here anymore. They closed so many bases after the wall fell. And I remember, I specifically remember the day when the wall came down and I, you know, it's, we had this German lady at my American school that was sort of like teaching American kids how to not be dicks. Uh, when, they're, when they're like when they're like out and about and so it's like here's things that you don't do you know you don't mention the trials okay and um, <laughs> but they're the trials <laughs> though, though. Mr. Like, Lawson and so one day she's like alright everyone uh, I want you to know that today was a very good day for German people and so if you see a German person just say congratulations because it was a very a very nice thing that happened today and so we're all totally oblivious to that, you know. So <laughs> I like, I, I went home and watched Ducktales. I didn't know, you know, immediately. How old were you? Uh, what was that? Eighty nine. So, yeah. yeah. So I was seven. Eight, yeah, seven, eight. Wow. Yeah. I remember when the wall came down. Yeah. Do you guys? I remember as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a good time. I remember my dad was happy, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, rock and roll, get rid of the wall." My yeah. dad. Was- and still to this day, I don't really even. But understand. you weren't. You weren't there, man. You no, don't know what it was like I, on the I streets. Was. You were, I was. I was there. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I was stationed in Berlin at the time. Really? Yeah. 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 You were in Berlin. Yeah, it was proper. amazing. I, I was in Berlin proper. Um, my brother and my mom both got up on the wall and were dancing on top of the wall. The um the P 
piece of of Berlin Wall that's actually on display at the Pentagon yeah. has my dad painted Trent on the back of it. So the, our name is actually painted on that part of the wall. Fuck yeah. um, but we we came back with like hundreds of pounds of Berlin Wall. And so like, you still got some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Definitely. so I have cool. two pairs of earrings right now that are that are both made out of Berlin Wall. But wow. like we still have pounds and pounds of it. Yeah. So what's the what's the deal with that? Is that offensive or is that I don't I don't understand. Like uh, honestly, it was a symbol of human triumph. That's yeah. what it looked like. That's what it felt like. It was absolutely was one of so the most excited. amazing celebrations. Like. I, I was excited when Obama won, mm-hmm. but ain't nothing going to compare to the Berlin Wall coming so down. So the ever, Berlin ever, Ball ever. was their Obama. The Berlin <laughs> Wall, I could see, yeah, it was their Obama mixed in with like them vanquishing every devil that they had yeah. ever dealt with ever <laughs> on top of it. But yeah, for sure. It's like electing Obama and putting Dick Cheney up for war crimes at the same like time. Like just murdering him in his forehead at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's what it would be like. I, I've been to the Berlin Wall, and I think it's one of the most like amazing experiences, even now, to just go there and just be in front of it and to remember, you know, I was just like... What, what do you eating? mean now, going there and being in front There's of it? Still being There's able to walk through the Brandenburg Gate was like... You couldn't help but cry walking through it. it yeah. there, this, was a, this was a nation that literally... In some cases, overnight was separated from their neighbors. Mm-hmm. Literally, walls went up in between people. I remember watching documentaries where it was brothers who were separated. How are they going to wow. And then the wall fell. There. They showed these brothers. <laughs> 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 they showed these brothers coming together. It was this amazing thing, and it's like it. You like it really was this emotional, spiritual like change. Of, we are brothers. Like the German bank gave away a hundred Deutschmarks to any person who came from East Germany and they ate up all of the fruit. The first thing that they did with families would be congregated on on corners, like going into Walgreens, they'd get their 100 Deutschmarks and then they would just eat bananas because they hadn't had a fucking good banana in 20 years. All right, you so know? not to be a piece of shit. All right, so Germany's a landlocked country, correct? Correct. All right, so why didn't the people in East Germany just get bananas from the guys to the east? Oh, no bananas. Um, because when uh, the communists, and I, I am not educated enough to answer this question, but here's my assessment. Uh, when the communists took over, they became a, a right to work state. So you got your job no matter how good you were at your job. And no okay. matter, and you kept your job no matter how good you were at your job. And everybody immediately started being bad at their jobs. Yeah, and there weren't any farms that produced. And when they did produce, if there was any kind of food sort- shortages, that food had to go to Russia first, and then it could come back to Germany. Wow. So by the time that banana has gone to Russia and then come back to Germany, it doesn't Sucks. taste good. Yeah, so they didn't yeah, like it's banana yeah. nut bread. They closed off. East Germany to all imports. So on the and other we were, side, except of for Ger- four corridors that you could drive through, but you couldn't yeah. do any trade. You couldn't do import, export, nothing. They controlled all of it. So they a did. strict geography question. So on the other side of East Germany is Russia. It's Poland. 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 Right. Oh, yeah, okay. Poland. But also Germany itself was was nothing. occupied by four, by, by by the four of us. It was okay. occupied. So there, by, there are no good options east. Uh, east of Germany, either. No. Like, it's just going to get. It's just correct. Cold. It got sadder and <laughs> colder and worse until it yeah. was Russia, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, why they invented crocodile. So let's keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, it's Russia, Siberia, then China if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's lucky in China. <laughs> you know, and they're always giving out all the lucky numbers. You know, like, like, what's it's <laughs> true, but there's too many of them. How could there be luck? I don't know. And all it. that sage wisdom. Going to waste. <laughs> now, Ryan, your father was a general, a brigadier general, correct? He, he retired as a general, yeah. That's so fucking uh, righteous, man. Yeah. Well, what was I mean, his specialty? 
Um, I, I don't. I, I just demolitions. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Blowing I, it up. I don't know too much about what his particular job. I, I mean, don't even it know what sounds. His, Badass. It I sounds just, like as a child, if I could pick a job, it would be general of demolition. Well, no, no. I mean, it he was knocked just, over a lot of Legos. As a kid. He was a uh, he was a tank commander in Whoa. Desert Storm, but that was okay. when he was a, he was a lieutenant colonel colonel. And um, your dad might have been in Saudi when I was there. Could have. So was he in the Is first he, of the five hundred second? He was in uh, the. He was the, a dat, right? The f- man, these are terms. That Blake I don't was know. trying to learn Code his word. lines. Yeah, he was reading I'm Shakespeare. It's <laughs> like, oh, that is too too solid for my dad's like sending me letters. Um, uh, no, he's in a, 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 a tank battalion. He commanded a tank battalion called the four, it was the four seventieth Armor okay. Battalion, and they were called the Black Lions, and uh, so that's pretty cool. I think I thought fucking black lions, the black lions, and um, and so that was that was then uh, when he was deployed. Uh, for the war, and then mm. later on, he would be like, he would just command stuff, and I don't know what that stuff would be that he would command. command. Stuff. But but like he would just like walk down the street, and like there's like other soldiers and stuff like that that are like, oh shit, and they have to like salute real quick because they're just you know. Do yeah. they ever have like groceries he, in their hands and like bananas yeah, yeah, and yeah. oranges fall out of the grocery bag? Yeah, like, my, oh, my dad's just like walking in to get his dry cleaning. It's like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> so were the other kids like respect you more because your dad was a general and their fathers were scared of your Oh father? no, I would catch shit for that. I would catch. Really? Oh sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, not a lot. Not like, but. I, you, I, I didn't get, like, added perks for it. Oh, yeah. the general's boying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it rarely worked in your favor if your dad was the op- the highest-ranking officer. Yeah. And yeah. Well, your father, how high was he again? I'm uh, sorry. He retired as a lieutenant colonel. He did 27 years of service. Okay. Wow. I asked him to leave <coughs> uh, during the Clinton administration, which is what they did to most of the soldiers who had more than 25 years. Really? They asked them to leave? Yeah. Why? They're, it's called serving. Like, my father would have probably stayed in the Army until uh, he couldn't breathe anymore. But mm-hmm. uh, they asked him to leave after 27 years. I don't remember what the reason was, but they had some sort of... They were... Honestly, the reason was that they were trying to justify cutting back on so many overseas bases. So they also had to cut back on the amount of soldiers that they had mm-hmm. at the time. And then, you know, cut to now when they're begging people who can hear thunder and see lightning to please be a member of the U.S. Army. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. So what was the most challenging aspect of growing up for you guys? Was it hard to make, you know, obviously there's the not making friends because you're in and out of town so much, but uh, my you birthday? eventually learn how to deal with it. Was more, it was, hard, was, it was hard on the friends that I did make, just seeing me yeah, go. Yeah, having to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying like, to keep in touch with them was hard. Well, they were very needy and I wasn't. Did, did so. you have a summer birthday? <laughs> summer birthday? No, uh, my birthday's in April. Your birthday's in April. Yeah. I had a birthday over the summer, so like it was guaranteed that every two... your birthday or, so we can all send you presents? July 12th. Okay. July 12th. Every second or third uh, birthday I would have in a place, it would be me packing up and leaving because it was always like, you know, like the army uh, kid... Did you do like the, the standard two-year thing? Like, correct. Usually, yeah, yeah. It was almost every two years. Mm-hmm. And so like I was always packing up my shit and leaving during the summer. So I was forced to have like my birthday party was always at my grandma's <laughs> house. Away party uh, too, like well, not only it was like we no no nobody ever acknowledged that was a thing though growing up nobody really ever acknowledged the going away totally yeah you're you right you know what I mean you that was go. never really acknowledged you just go but so that just, meant that I had to have like a standby birthday scenario that always existed so I always had to have a pool party at my grandma's house but on off and years you have righteous parties. Well, no, because I never really knew how to have a birthday party. So, yeah. like, the off years, I would try. I remember there was one summer where I invited all of my friends. Katie Beto was my best friend at the time. This was in Berlin. And she had all of the other people who were 
also invited to the party say they were also coming Mm -hmm. and I convinced my mom that I was going to have this like shaving cream fight I'd seen it on TV probably and we had this big birthday cake and it was all whatever and I remember the whole party was just me my mom and my brother because everybody like she convinced everybody to not come to my party and that was the off year and then the next year I moved Oh. And so it was like I, I don't remember. I it was it was it was a everywhere. mean girl thing. I'm sure I did something shitty or she did something shitty and it just turned shitty. Yeah. But it, for whatever reason that was my like that was my summer experience. So I think that the thing that it, I felt like I had to sacrifice the most as a kid was giving up my birthday. Like I felt like the one time I was supposed to feel special, I never got to because I never knew. That where is I was totally live. like really yeah. army though. Like, did Rebecca move away? We don't talk about Rebecca anymore. It's true though, but that's yeah. how it works. Like, you just don't. And like, when they're gone, and and there was something inherently sad about that. Like, once we, I think I formed, like I knew that that was the case. So it was like, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, like you can love me, or we can be friends, and we can go to the movies every day, but it won't matter. How Eventually, cool. I'm just gonna leave. Time yeah. is you time know? is you know nothing lasts. Everything's fleeting. So yeah. Reminds- Everything has mortality to it. Every <laughs> conversation has mortality every friendship has mortality it was like it was just constantly like knowing that the end was near you ever just pack up and leave yeah without saying goodbye to yeah. anyone yeah. I finally started doing that yeah, yeah. absolutely so it was, uh, Irish goodbye I'm gonna do it next time too guys to. the only time it was really tough for me because usually when I was a kid I was very detached from any place that I lived like I would be like oh yeah okay you know I'll make new friends at the next place and it's like okay you know so I was like I, I was very like uh, I would just kind of stare at the wall and make up my own little like universes um, and then it wasn't until like middle school I went to middle school in Stafford Virginia and I met like a lot of like really really good friends there it's like because I lived there I got to live there three years rather than two years so it was uh-huh. a which was extra, a huge difference extra time yeah. to really like lay some roots and settle down yeah. um, and then you know uh, and then I, I figured out that I figured out I was told I was informed that we were going to be moving to another state right before I was about to start high school and yeah. that sucked yeah man that was that was a That's real a nightmare that was like me like I think my dad was in uh, was in uh, Bosnia at the time mm-hmm. um, <sighs> and so I was like me like sending emails to my dad asking him if we could not move and he's like no, we're we're still we're doing that. Still moving, you know. Um, he's what about the move? You're not home, and yeah, he's yeah. in Bosnia. <laughs> he's in Bosnia. He's like, I'm coming back. Um, but yeah, I think that's what was up. And then, but yeah, so it's like all my friends that would have been like my buddy, buddy, buddies in high school, like, you know. Do you I, find that this is like you're kind of moving constantly, and the friendships that you had to be in like this very finite way affected the way you make friendships now? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, first of all, I think in a much more real way, I'm open to anybody, Mm. which is not necessarily a good thing. But I I feel like when I first meet people, I have I have like sort of like a new look kind of a thing that most non-military brats don't have. Mm. Do you do you understand what that means? Do you know what I mean by that? Uh, Like, do you find that you're more open minded? Like, do you do you have friends that go like, that's a freak? And you're like, well, let's hang out. You never know. It seems like a nice guy or um, girl. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't get freaks pointed out to me that often. But like, uh, <laughs> but no, but usually, usually it's you, you know used the, to be in murder first, everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just like, oh, uh, but uh, there's there's a an, an an adaptability that I think is like pretty pretty standard. You know, it's just like okay, so I'm I'm talking to you and it's fine and you know I you get put into so many awkward conversations as an army brat, mm-hmm. particularly with like old army guys People, that, yeah. that are like hello little man what are you up to are you <clears> keeping <throat> your grades up and then you have to like roll with that because uh, there's this weird political side to it too yeah um, but yeah I think I think I talk to people I feel well. like we're probably also predisposed to 
actually identify who the psychopaths are that are dangerous mm. in a way yeah. because I feel like I was exposed to that. I mean, psychopaths that were put to good use by the U.S. government, but I feel like <laughs> I was I was exposed to that on a regular basis. Like I'll never forget my dad's driver when we were in Germany. I will. There are certain men that I met that if I find anything in the person that I'm talking to currently that reminds me of that guy, I'm like, trigger, Red flag, flag. Oh, I'm out, spidey sense. done. I, get, yeah, I feel like I, I have, have better spidey really? sense yeah, yeah, about yeah. people than Because you've than met so people. many different kinds of people. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I think we've also kind of been exposed intentionally to a spectrum because there's a spectrum of people that, that the army wants that I think that the military needs and they yeah. want people who are stone cold killers and they want people who are really good at admin and very good at like wearing a uniform and being the face of a thing mm-hmm. and it's those are two different kinds of people that are very different difficult to identify to people who are different from me yeah mm. I think nice now what are some like uh key points you would realize like this person is a psychopath or this person is a stone cold killer in the military like the driver what do you what what pointed what what makes him a psychopath road rage blue eyes oh well at the time i was a uh, eighth grade and he tried to fuck me Wow. wow. That is oh, a, a that's a no That is a no no. Yeah, but what I, were I have you literally doing? never told anybody that. Well, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just trying to fuck him. No. <laughs> I was I honestly I I was a pretty like normal like as far as like uh like I I probably I probably started sexualizing myself way earlier than other people started sexualizing me, which is a healthy normal thing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that I was putting anything out there that was intentionally sexy. <laughs> that that yeah. was making it justifiable. But that guy for was still to... trying to fuck me. <laughs> yeah. So, Holy and I was shit. absolutely uh, What are you in 8th grade? Is that thir- 13, 13, 14? Now, as a 13-year-old big breasts, right? Yeah, big breasts? No, no, I didn't get my breasts in college. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have and he's like, you've had those for life, vessel. right? You've had those since you were born? They you, they came out of your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful bosoms on that baby. <laughs> I think Eddie's blushing. <laughs> You're so big. <laughs> blushing with glee. <laughs> oh, man. So Rebecca big. once took her shirt off and killed a dog. <laughs> <laughs> the dog was asking for it. I want to talk about social faux pas for a second, like in other countries. Because when I was a kid in Saudi, I would look at women in burkas and call them boogers. Mm. And I would laugh and point and call them boogers. Well, that's a little aggressive. (laughs) My step-grandfather thought it was absolutely hilarious to call them douche marks. Douche marks? And he would, like, he would... Douche marks! We would would have to tip the ladies extra who knew what a douche was in English, you know? Because they would would be obviously offended. We got a... um, I I feel like you should... My (laughs) step-grandfather. The worst... The worst ever got it uh, in with this must have been in Erlangen or Heidelberg again American school nothing but army kids there and there are like you know and against like pretty diverse so there's like white kids black kids and all kinds of stuff but then mm-hmm. we would have these things where sometimes German kids would come and visit German kids ain't never seen black kids before. It's horrible. And so they come in and they're like very curious. And they like want to touch them. They, they touch want to, them. They want, they want to touch them and touch their hair they and stuff like that. And, oh my God. And there was no prepping done to like emotionally prepare these black kids. <laughs> what the fuck are that. you doing? <laughs> so and so they, was, it, I mean that, yeah. It they, was very... Fucking Nazi, get the fuck away from exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> so there's this whole speech away. about like, isn't it cool these German kids are it's coming? It's like and a big bottle of chocolate. And it's like chocolate was a man and he came to my town. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking like this would happen like 
you know, everybody walks in a line when you're in grade school, and so these German kids come in in a line and immediately just start just get, getting their hands in, just just grabbing tufts of hair and uh, fights, just fights instantly. Yeah, of this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Who, me? I am a motherfucker? <laughs> now, I imagine that in the military, I, I might be completely wrong, but fights in a military school probably go over pretty well. Yeah, is it like a class? Do, is there, like how a much trouble class? do you get in if you get in a fight? Like, if I got in a fight in my middle no. school, mm-hmm. I get suspended for three days. It is very different. All handled outside of the school. Handled outside. I handled mean, for outside me. the school. It was all political conversation. Like, well, like, he's a general's kid, so that was that was probably a little... Well, Did you like, get yeah, in you, fights when you were in school? No, nah, I didn't get in fights. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't get in fights. Because their dad works for my dad. Right, so like they're not going to uh, fight him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I never got into any fights unless it was with my brother. We got into public fights. How many a couple kids of did times. you just straight up hit though? But no. <laughs> but we had a kid who Bro. brought a flare gun to school, uh. and he—I remember his name was Colin, and mm. Colin was mad at Damian Talencio because Damian Talencio got on the soccer team, so he had a flare gun. Did so you shoot him with a flare gun? Flare gun. This kid was an idiot. I mean, he's a grown up. Like we're friends on Facebook now, so God only knows what he's look if he's going to hear this. But we—he he was an idiot. Idiot back then, and he used to steal a lot. Damien, but his dad, his, and this is how it worked. And and it was important. This is an important lesson for people to learn. And maybe I learned a little too young. Yeah. But his dad, his dad made him not be in trouble. Like he should have been expelled. He should have been sent back to the states. Because I don't know if you you probably never got threatened with, with this. But if you had disciplinary action taken against you at a Department of Defense dependent school in Germany, you got shipped your ass back home. If your really? dad had low enough rank, you were essentially deported. Wow. Oh. The so, whole family or just you? Uh, it depended on how bad <laughs> it was. send the kid back. If it was bad enough surprised. and the person and the dad was high ranking enough, the general on base did. I mean, it was at their pleasure. So they did mm. have the ability yeah. to transfer your ass out of there. Yeah, my dad was always so scary to me to the point that I just I didn't fuck around at all. But now he's all cool bananas, right? Oh yeah, he's chilled out. He's yeah, fine. He, like comes to shows and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't oh, have to awesome. like. He doesn't have to be in charge of guns or anything anymore. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about like mortar fire or anything like yeah. that or like, you know. I mean, these guys had to train where they literally like, people died during training. Yeah, people oh. died during like their equivalent of yoga classes, basically. Mm-hmm. Wait, you know what, what I mean? How do you die during training? Get shot. Uh, you yeah. can. Uh, as somebody who doesn't know how to drive a tank properly can yeah. go on wet enough soil and go up a hill that's high enough incline that the tank itself will roll over onto a human being. That physically happened. My dad was holding the guy as he died during a do-boy training session in, in Germany. And that is a very normal occurrence. And I'm he sure came home and told you about it? That was the most upset I ever saw my father outside of a death in our family and oh. he was so shaken that yeah, he did talk about it. Wow. Absolutely. How old were you? Uh, I was still in Germany so I was in the eighth, seventh grade. Wow. Seventh grade. Most, oh, of, most, most of that stuff I won't hear about until it's like, you know. Years later. Yeah, or like years in something like right. that you know I mean my favorite every now and then did you do you did you have any Vietnam like buddies like I grew up with like one of the Hamburger Hill survivors that used to tell stories really? all the time mm. yeah That's he would he would nuts. talk about like how many people he killed with his bare hands What's Hamburger, Holy Hill? Sh- Hamburger Hill is one of the most gruesome battles of the whole Vietnam War probably really? the most right? yeah I, I think that they some they lost thousands of men and I think survivors was in the tens watch the movie it's can amazing you, can you look up Hamburger Hill no, the statistics yeah. I don't know I'm probably got them terribly wrong I I, I rented the movie because I, I thought it was say, something completely different. You were hungry. You wanted to watch whole, some hamburgers dance and A whole sing. hill full of hamburgers. Of course, Sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. I hope it's medium rare. So those, two, those two black kids are in it, right? Are we going to answer if they added bacon? 
I the thought, this one, is a bad burger. The one battle, and he's like, oh, I know Hamburger Hill oh, very yeah. well. Yeah, it was like three days long or something like that, and they had to take the hill. They were and death screaming in the night. Oh, my God. It, it's a it's a monster of a movie. You should check it out. What, do you, what facts do you got? Speaking many, of Hamburger um, Hill, uh, the United States Army has a deal with Burger King. So if you are uh, living on base, you're going to see a lot of Burger Kings there. That's really? true. And it was my favorite uh, fast food growing up at Sherman I still, Plaza. I'll, I'll, I'll take Burger King over McDonald's. I like yeah, the mustard on the burger, man. Yeah. yeah, put that mustard on that burger. Oh, yeah. Let's fucking get this party started. My brother, one of his first jobs was working in a mobile Burger King truck unit <laughs> that was parked outside of the PX. Nice. And nice. What's the, that's the post exchange. Thank that's you. where we would go to our general store, basically. So okay. It was our bodega. That was the like fancy military bodega. Like a, a Macy's bodega. Yeah. <laughs> what are some Hamburger Hill facts here? Um, so casualties for the U.S. were 72 killed, 372 wounded. Uh, Damn. U.S. claim uh, three, 630 killed and three captured. Three cat. We killed six hundred and thirty, but we took three we home took with us for proof. <laughs> <laughs> Just to tell the story, there were gooks there. Good lord, that's insane. I mean, the, but the amount of deaths were very un, uh, unimpressive. There was only seventy six killed. Seventy two. Seventy two killed. But out of how many? Seventy four. That's impressive. Seventy one. Not everybody showed up. They just uh, a lot of people slept in. Uh, approximately eighteen hundred no. infantry. Oh. 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 I, mean, it, I think, I think it would, that that uh, was one particular battalion then yeah. that, that yeah. told the story and the he brute. was in that mm. battalion that was like one of the one of like four or five survivors. Everyone else just sitting no, there. I don't, I don't, I don't know That's why Vietnam it's called vets. Hamburger Hill because they were just <laughs> hanging back eating burgers while everyone fought the goddamn fight. <laughs> mm, delicious. <laughs> Chow line. No. Nice. Now well, let, let's talk about so you guys uh, are getting older um, and you're starting uh, to notice that you like <laughs> that you like um, being creative a little bit. How did that sit well with your family when you're like, hey, I want to put on a play or I want to do a character or make my own costume? Oh, yeah. more a question for you, Fike, because Rebecca, they were just probably just happy to see you out of the house. Well, I mean, it is, it's a little bit complicated because they wanted my brother to be a soldier and mm-hmm. I was clearly the better suited child out of the two to be a soldier. Yeah. So they oh. kind of tried to force me into it because they'd given up on my brother yeah and then when i like sort of opted out medically because i was supposed to go to west point and i i wasn't able mm. uh my uh my dad said well we didn't expect much from you anyway you're just a girl oh. and Ooh. then my brother had to join rtc and he failed out of college oh wow and he's a talented artist he is a talented artist and he's also currently married to a jag officer for the u.s navy she's a jag officer <laughs> now my my folks were I think were just like <laughs> my folks were just ultimately happy to see that I was interested in anything. Really, uh, well, you were just a lonely kid. You were an only child. I, I remember. I remember. You. I remember a conversation when I was like, "How old are you?" When most people do like pee wee soccer. I was six. Six. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I'm six yeah. years old and I'm watching TV and my my mom comes in. She's like, "We signed you up for pee wee soccer." I'm like, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> It's like because you're gonna play soccer. It's gonna be super fun. It's like no one I don't know me. one thing about soccer, mother. Like, what is this about? Where wh- where is this coming from? We were cool, and so like I argued my way. Soccer's punishment. Yeah, I argued my way out of a team sport, and I didn't. I didn't end up going. I just I talked them out of it. I played um, seven years of soccer. <laughs> right. So it's like I, I in terms of like extracurriculars or anything, I just like was not into it, and then um, and so then you know, and I considered the army just because it was just a place to. 
B for me, really. And I did like JROTC in high school, mainly because I didn't want to play basketball. And yeah. I could do JROTC instead of play basketball. Um, and I made Cadet Sergeant faster than anybody else. But um, yeah, uh, so I was I was pretty good. I was like not bad at it. Um, but uh, you seem like you can kill a man, and that's a role you can play, though. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it is. It's like I know how to not talk back to anybody. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And I know how to shine a belt. So it's like I can do that. <laughs> um, so it's like, and there's more to it than that, but not in JROTC. That's all there is to it. Um, but uh, and then I did. I just accidentally got asked to do a play. Uh, when I was 18 in high school when I like suddenly I was getting all this great attention so you started late actually Every, a little bit yeah you're so fucking talented I wasn't doing like pageants and stuff like that when I was like a little little kid but uh, yeah I, I figured it out a little bit late and then suddenly I figured out it's like oh I'm actually give a shit and want to get better at this thing and you have your masters now uh huh that's nuts. yeah yeah uh, I guess I don't know it's pretty wild well I just it's don't impressive. know impressive yeah I don't just play it down Fine, thanks, Eddie. You're right. <laughs> you are a master. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, my I think my folks were were pretty just happy, like okay, good, just do it, like just do it, okay, just do something. <laughs> the funniest thing that ever happened about that was when I was visiting my brother once because my brother uh, was a is a soldier too, mm-hmm. um, and uh, <laughs> visiting one time and he was stationed in Fort Myers, Florida, and he's just driving me around and he's just like, hey, uh, so a lot of my army friends are worried that you're going to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> but hoping, like in, they're hoping yeah. they're crossing yeah, their fingers yeah they're worried uh, you know they they're, like, you. they're a little worried about that like and like uh, an honest talk thing and he's like they're worried about this and I was like oh man thank you thank you for telling I'm glad that they're you know thank you for their thoughts and their prayers and stuff like that um, but you know it was like a thing I guess they, they talked about it I guess my brother was proud enough of me to mention it and then like they probably had like a little bit of like a dude like dude you know kids who do theater they're just bound to just love some dick. <laughs> it's a, it's so funny that everyone always jumps to that conclusion when it's the one part where you get it's like the one part of high school where you like everyone gets laid. Yeah, yeah you clean up on plus so good when you're a straight it guy in the theater. You have the no idea. It's best. great. It's the yeah, best. Totally. But I mean, that's like that's not to you know. I'm, I don't mean like my my brother is himself is not homophobic. Yeah, I think that he that was just the, a lot of the vibe that he was getting. And funny, there's a funny funny story that was telling me later when Don't Ask Don't Tell got repealed because mm-hmm. this is when my brother. This is my brother's, like, I think he was, like, a, a major at this point, so he's got, like, guys. In, and the way that comes out, it's like, that was an official change of policy. It's like, don't ask, don't tell, no longer a thing. That's officially. So as an official change of policy, we have to, like, send it down the pike, right? Yeah. So you tell your guys, they're going to tell their guys, they're going to tell their guys. So sure enough, my brother goes to a meeting, and they're like, hey, everybody, don't ask, don't tell, not a thing anymore. Okay, got to tell my guys. So my brother was telling the story of him telling his guys about that. And it's like, okay, guess what, everybody? Don't ask, don't tell, not a thing anymore. Any questions? And it's like, he gets questions. Like, what? And he's like what about when I'm like showering with these guys and I'm not uncomfortable? I'm like, I'm not comfortable with it. What do we do about that? And my brother's like, it's the same guys you've been showering with. <laughs> you've been showering with them for years and years oh, and years. Like God. nothing happened. Yeah. Same guys, same issue. So shut up. And it's, it's like difficult because they had institutionalized homophobia. They yeah. institutionalized it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like what it's like at the end of the day though, it's like, listen, buddy, you're not that good looking. Maybe <laughs> you're, you're not every guy's type. Just because you got a cock doesn't mean. But if else. I'm in the trenches with some guy that's got a hard on, and then suddenly <laughs> I have a hard on, what am I supposed to do with my hard on? I mean, we're taking mortifier from everywhere, and I, he may have to break it off. I, I need it in the butt. I tell you what, <laughs> killing these ragheads. Really gets me hard. <laughs> anyone? <laughs> anyone? Huh? I got to fuck a camel spider over here? What the fuck? I had friends from Pittsburgh. Southwestern Pennsylvania is one of the highest uh, enlistment rates for... Really? Yeah, yeah. One oh, of wow. the higher ones. 
and uh, it's like all us. that rifle play when you're a yeah, kid. Exactly. <laughs> and I had friends that went, and I was like the only Middle Eastern kid, only Iranian kid that was uh, in my high school. Really, it was just a couple of us. You know, I was friends. It's Iranian. The- Okay, Eddie. <laughs> I'm just saying we say it different over here. That's why. It's Iranian. So, it's Iranian. <laughs> like I ran away you from better fucking run. a better life. <laughs> you know what's funny? My mom would agree. <laughs> Uh, but like I still like when the Iraq war was happening right after high school and these kids would just be fucking emailing and Facebook messaging me like hey Cena you're cool but I love killing ragheads like we're doing one of these for you this time brother and I was like I don't know how to take this. <laughs> I feel like it's a good thing that they're motivated in the right direction and they're not necessarily angry at me yeah. but also feeling like proud but also thinking of me when they are killing other people that kind of look like me I got a question I know we kind of jumped in the theater but I want to take a step back real quick I just thought of this right now both of you were old enough to realize that your father was in war uh huh correct mm. Correct. And yeah, they were both over there. Were they? I know. I mean, obviously. You know, no, I remember like the talk. I remember like the, my dad calling me in his room and he was just like, hey, so, you know, have you heard about this thing going on in, in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia? And, 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 uh, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I might have to go and help them out. I might have to go and help those guys out. And so I'm like, oh, cool, dad. You're, you know, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, wow, you must be super important that, you know, I'm still thinking that he's the only guy that they asked to go and do this. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, sort, sort him out, dad. You know, like, <laughs> really good. We did really good on getting those gutters clean this weekend. So it's like, I think you probably will do a pretty You're good right job. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't like, break like you did on the soccer thing, okay? Like, yeah, you got to yeah, yeah. stand I'm just strong. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you, if you would have hung out with me for five more minutes, I probably would have just agreed to <laughs> Do it. Uh, I mean, you're my dad, um, but uh, but yeah, but it didn't. I, I I think the I you know he's there like two years maybe, but I don't. It, the 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 real severity of it never. There was never really the thought that anything bad was actually going to happen. Felt like war. Maybe because everybody's. I mean, we, it was it was such. I mean, the, the adult. It was war. a community that was yeah. dealing with it. But so also, it was yeah. like it, it was didn't feel like all the men. All the men in my community were gone. Like right. all the not only men, obviously, but everybody's lost at least one parent. And I was cleaning yeah. up on babysitting. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So there's oh, just yeah. this vibe. Of there was, you were. There was the just this vibe that out. like. Oh my god! Were they fucking all over town? All over town, and I would quit babysitting certain families because I knew that they were sleeping around on their guy. Oh, so I would have to not babysit those kids anymore, and I'd have to find other kids to babysit because. Oh man! So you know, whoever not Rebecca's right. not babysitting for is got those were the hoes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was outside of my experience. I did not. Yeah. I, was, I was not I privy was to the little, war was, infidelities. I was a little bit older. I yeah. was like almost in high school when all. How many? I was probably just playing like video you're, games you're while little, it was. You know. Yeah. How many suitors did your mother have? <laughs> how many? No, there just, did your mom bang while General what's his name was over in the. No, Kuwait? they were just all like the army friends and like the yeah. my uncles and stuff like that that would mm-hmm. come over. Like that, you know, like my uncle. Elaborate uncles. uncles. Would, what yeah, does that mean exactly? yeah, they would come by and then they, you know we would turn the lights off and then I would get to watch an r-rated movie down in the basement and that would that what <laughs> it's totally uh, normal yeah that's, that's how, how it works out. yeah um but no yeah it's it was just this like you know everybody in your class their dad is in war they're all gone they're all gone and then there's just this sort of like this vibe of like it's it, like gossip was really rampant like mm-hmm. you know i remember like there would be a lot of rumors that saddam hussein had surrendered 
And then, you know, we all like cheer and everybody goes home. And then it's like, no, guys, it didn't happen. Oh, uh, God. And how old are you? That happened a lot. My brother saw him hang, by the way. Whoa. What? Really? Amber. Oh, again. Every episode. <laughs> the sleeper. And, and that's like. <laughs> every episode, Amber gets something in that just fucking floors on <laughs> Was that like something that he had vowed? Like, I'm going to see you hang, Saddam. And then he's. Yeah. Yeah. No, he yeah. was in the military. We were in. Uh, he just fucking saw him hang. He wow. was in like, like he's just walking to the store to get eggs, and it's like you know that's Saddam Hussein hanging over this. Like, oh shit! Oh really? shit! <laughs> uh, well, also in Saudi, like you know, people that do some shit, they're like publicly hung or whatever. Uh, but Saddam, he was in the military, and uh, Saddam was just being publicly hung, and he was just boom. I didn't right know there. there was fucking a public hanging. Oh yeah, Jesus. it was a public hanging. So yeah, how come there's only one video. cell phone video? Yeah, for I a saw shitty it. ass cell phone video. Also, it's like think about the time when it was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like five people had cell phones. What Those kind of cell phones yeah. with that kind of reception that was there. God, like, if yeah, I was, was there. What, what year was it? What year did they Christmas find Saddam 2006. Hussein? Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. right. Yeah, Because that was my first year in New York, and <laughs> yeah. it was on Christmas. That was a big deal. I mean, <laughs> I it remember. was a big deal it was Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, see him hang. He killed his own people. I just, I know that. I know, by the way. <laughs> Christmas 2000. I, my dad actually did not serve in the war. He did not go to Operation Provide Comfort. He was part of the Rear Detachment <laughs> Command, and he was in charge of motor pool and a bunch of stuff like back in the Ber- in Berlin at the bases and it kind of uh, it sucked for him like I remember his his provide grandmother Mike, Mike, that's what they called it though Operation <laughs> Provide Comfort that was when the Turks got involved with Kuwait and like yep a lot of that and uh, my dad actually uh, my great grandmother died when she was 89 years old and she uh, called my the last thing that I believe she said to my dad was that she called him a draft dodger because he never fought in a war Jesus he was legitimately in college when he went during Vietnam and he could have he could have served if he had graduated faster but he couldn't get accelerated do you know what I mean salty that is just salty and then he served like he started the thing and he ROTC programs in a bunch of different colleges whatever colleges he went to and then he you know he whatever lieutenant colonel but he, the timing of it just didn't work out for him to go to Kuwait mm-hmm. or to go to Desert Storm. And he was offered, um, after 9-11, he was offered a job in North Carolina with one of his buddies that he went to, co- that he went to college with. Um, and his job was going to be to count the body bags as they came in. Oh. And he said, uh, I'm going to skip that. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. So that was kind of like, but he never got to do combat. And I think, honestly, that that is one of the things that, is going to continue to eat away with for him for the rest of his life. Like really, it, it's my, a, it's a sore subject. My brother is a marine, and I know that he is he uh, he's still currently enlisted. No, he is he's no longer active. Okay. Uh, he's a veteran. Um, but he changed um changed battalions in order to fight be in order to be in the yeah yeah he was in a non deployable unit and changed units in order to fight because his friends were fighting. And he would not have been able. He yeah, well, that's, he that's be able how they get you to himself. fight. They have yeah. you make friends, and then they community. put those friends in mortal danger. You know, my <laughs> uncle, uh, opposite case. I guess not the opposite, but uh, he was in Nam for a while. Uh, for he did his whole stint, and the first two months he was there, pretty much everyone in his platoon got killed. Yeah, like, everyone got killed, and they're like, "Listen, we're real sorry about this. You don't have to fight they anymore. Give you the out. Yeah, you know, you don't have to fight anymore, but you got to still serve your year." Uh, so we're going to put you on body duty. And so he did 10 months on just cleaning up bodies. Damn. Nothing else. And I remember we, the two of us, it was like a Christmas, and we were watching We Were Soldiers together. And we didn't watch the movie as much as he just like, 
we sat there in the darkness and he just told me fucking stories. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, have you guys ever seen We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson? Yeah. yeah. There's this one scene where this guy's covered in napalm. Mm-hmm. And they grab his legs and they like pull all the skin off his legs. Yeah. Uh, he was like, oh, something like that happened to me, except the guy was in a river and I grabbed him and my fingers went straight to his bones. Oh my God. So, yeah. body duty back then involved Ziploc bags, literally. Yeah. The army had, the army had like double ply bags that would seal on their own that they would just pour people into because oh. they would be liquefied. By Napalm, Agent Orange was a big deal. Yeah. My dad ran. Uh, he was one oh. of the guys that was involved in the arm. Um, uh, the uh, God, I can't remember what the deployment was. But he was uh, he was stationed at Fort Monroe, which is the it's where Edgar Allan Poe went to college and where he like where he became where he was a soldier. And he uh, his job was to spin stories. So that um, if something bad happened with the army that would get on CNN, he would have like army's response to it. And it would like, you know, and other people would tell him what the response was. It was his job to like funnel it. And they had actual uh, operation names for when they lost, when they lost entire train cars of Agent Orange. Or when Fuck certain him. things would go, like, certain things would go missing. They made a John Travolta movie called Broken Arrow, where mm, they were like, yeah. "Oh, what do you do? Like, this is Operation Broken Arrow because that's what they call it when when you're missing a, a nuke." And I asked my dad, I was like, "Well, what do they call it when you're missing a nuke?" He did not know about this movie. He said, "Oh, they call that a, a Broken Arrow." And I was like, "Okay, so if this is a real thing, how many times has it happened? And you guys have just spun it." And he was like, "I'm I'm not at liberty to <laughs> talk about." Damn, it. such I, a nightmare. I, mean, I, I feel like that's. A, I feel like there's a, a fluidity to what's going on with the military that they uh, don't, I mean, they can't share with us. It's really a fucking it's miracle terrifying. that more nukes just haven't been set off. Yeah, it yeah. really is. It's so true. Well, a lot of people, like, I know North Korea tried to set off a nuke, and then it flew 10 feet in the Turned air. Turned out it was just a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fucking donkey that they ate afterwards. Because <laughs> they're so hungry. But it worked out well because they were starving. So. Yeah. And, but, yeah, they, they sent a nuke in the air. It went, like, 10 feet and then just fell. It yeah. just, nothing happened. And they were like, we're going to get you. And then the, it's just... What, is, what I think is amazing, though, about all these really serious and dark and tough things that you both have described is that you're both so well-adjusted and emotionally intelligent and so with it and so understanding and you, you do do great performances and stuff like that. How did you? How does that happen? Not everyone that you grew up with has ended up like you two. What, what was the difference? Do you think it was that you found a creative outlet maybe or that, you know, I don't know, that you didn't? Like get th- kicked think, off a base? No, I, I mean my, my my folks were always again like I said like they were always just like just get interested in something and do the shit out of it. Yeah. And so they were like totally happy when I was interested in anything, and they were like always like super duper gung ho about like yeah be be an actor do whatever you need to do go to go to like theater college you know what I mean in Tallahassee right mm-hmm. and then I was such a shithead in Tallahassee that I failed that I like left school yeah and then oh, that's right you did yeah I totally but you did still starting all the plays yeah that's that's left. why I fucking <laughs> failed because I because I didn't want to go to class all I did want to do is do plays so I did like 12 plays a year but like didn't go to class at all um but then you know and then I was like I'm just gonna move to New York and then it's like hey guess what I just got offered uh you know a place at this 
at this uh, grad school, and they're still like, do it, totally do it. Like, yeah. they're not tired of me just saying shit like that yet. So it's like that's always they've always, always, yeah. always been really cool about. Because that. you can take a military sensibility and then use that towards anything else. You can use that towards acting. That's absolutely right. And, and I find that when I'm working, when I'm like working with a group of people, I'm often. <laughs> As much as you can be a soldier about acting, I think I, try, I, I tend to be that because I get pissed off when people complain, yeah, when yeah. they like whine, when they don't do their work, yeah. and when they get like really like self indulgent and stuff like that. I'm like, suck it up, come on. You know, you know, it's, like, you know the it's work real. ethic. There's yeah. a work ethic. Yeah, there's there. a work yeah. ethic, and you're probably a stronger performer because of it. Because a lot of actors in anywhere in New York, lazy as fuck, lazy as lazy. fuck. Mm-hmm. They maybe like write two words a day, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, show their tits in like a flash cam, and they say like, "I did some modeling work." Yeah, and um, this is this is all that's actually- good modeling work I do, by the yeah. way. All right, <laughs> unbelievable. It's we weren't talking about you. Serious, yeah. it's my body. But I was saying this is actually all like all you're starting to come back to me right now. You're actually a huge inspiration to me. Uh, because I wasn't involved in the theater school at all, and I also I did one play over at FSU, and then I joined up with Murder Fist after I saw you guys do do the Murder Fist thing, and then oh, right, while, yeah, yeah. and then before right before I joined with Murder Fist, I went and saw you, who wasn't in the school as the lead of a play with all BFA actors. Now BFA, what does BFA mean again? That's a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Yep. And, and they, they got... It's a special program, and it's like Holden got kicked out of it. Yeah, Henry got kicked out of it. It was like a higher echelon or something like that. And they like, kicked Henry out because he was fat. It was, it was more specialized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now he's on a fucking TV show. Yeah. Two TV shows. So, so that's like the BA was like more general theater. It's like acting plus like lighting plus like whatever, whereas the BFA was more centralized. Like, no, we think you're actually going to be hot shit actor and stuff like yeah. that. And so, yeah. And so that play that you saw was... Uh, Our Country's Our Country's Good. good. Which which is a very apropos to what we're talking about now. Weren't you on mushrooms when you came inside? I was on mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I was on mushrooms. And like, no, but it, honestly, like it brought a tear to my eye when I wasn't like almost when I wasn't flipping out. I swear to God, somebody was it's like dressed a, like an ostrich. Three hour long, like brutal depiction of like of like uh, British soldiers in Australia, like before there was an Australia, and so it's like the first scene is like someone getting their skin flogged off of their back. Yeah, but <laughs> so you I'm just fucking, imagining Eddie. You fucking destroyed that play. Yeah, I did. you you. <laughs> you you just owned the hell out of it. You were the lead, correct? Yeah, as the lead. Well, that was a cool thing too because I got to play a military guy, and that's something that I'd always wanted to do. Yeah, because uh, I got to play, you know, as like you know, British lieutenant and stuff like that. But that was like and then the first big m- murder for a sketch. We also cast you as a military man. What was that one? Boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, you played oh, your father. Oh, in Boogeyman. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think I played. I played like a Sergeant Slaughter version of my dad. Yeah, like you know. What was the opening line again? God, it was you ever just, see a? You ever see? I, I don't know. You ever was, see a baby on fire? It's like a big old birthday cake. But, but you don't. You can't, you can't blow, you blow it out. out. And there ain't no wishing. <laughs> Jesus, I, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man, that's amazing. But yeah, no. It's so it's like almost like you showed me a way that I I didn't realize that coming in from the outside was actually a possible thing. And you know, and so it, uh, I'm still with it, and you're still with it, and I, I really I. I credit I credit you for all of that. Shit. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, look at that. Well, hey, it's happening right here, folks. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But that was like a that's that's a thing that I love because there was like there was times when um, especially when we were doing like that dumb shit in like Holden's uh, parking lot. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's just like si- the silliest, most you know, unformed stuff. Like didn't have like years of practice of sketch writing. It was yeah. just kind of like uh, f- really, really charming people. 
dicking around. Uh, but do it dicking around well, and people there was like a like hundred people there to fucking yeah, see it. Exactly, and it was like people like people that never watched people perform live before, and then they would just come away all starry eyed. You know yeah. what I mean? I was, I was thinking about like the kids that lived in like the front house. Well, that's what happened to me when I saw you guys perform in that parking lot. I was just like, I want to do this <laughs> from yeah. now on, but and you, then go take a piss in the bushes. I did, <laughs> but you know, I feel super weird a lot of the times because, like, again, I'm still, of course, like deeply friends with you guys Mm -hmm. um, who are for the most part like uh, really entrenched in like the comic scene and then it's like I I do that sometimes but that's like not you know what I mean I always feel weird it's like oh yes I'm doing you stayed in the academic world you know I feel weird coming coming around and talking about like oh yeah I was working on like the cherry orchard or something you know what I mean like I I, because I'm not I I, I'm just saying I feel self-conscious about like not being solely a comedian yeah, you know what I mean. Well, but you're too good. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like I don't feel like I'm too good. I just like yeah, you know. The uh, when I remember when you did uh, the 10th anniversary of Murder Fist, you played uh, Mr. Buttweiser. What was the name of your character? Uh, Do you remember Tish McKnight. Tish McKnight. And uh, there is this. Uh, you started saying it earlier. There's this one Shakespeare line that I had to say. <laughs> As, uh, I was getting so mad at you. You were getting so mad at me because I never got it right at any point. It was this, like, uh, oh, that this tutu solid flesh would melt. This Oh, this tutu solid flesh would melt up into a dew. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, so Ed, he's Hamlet's talking about the phases of matter. Melt. Thaw. Because liquid thaw, thaws. Uh, thaw, yeah, and then thaw. it resolves itself into a dew. So the into gas turns back into a liquid. Right. Yeah. It melts, thaws, and then resolves. But it's like, melt. And then a do. <laughs> I said do like it was shit. <laughs> Finally, I just had to let it go. You know what I mean? It's- it, it was literally up until like a backstage in a diaper. And right before I go on stage to say the slide, and Pike's just like next to me saying it to me. No, I'm just like, Eddie, you can do it. You can do it, man. It's funny. Count it out. It's, it's in pentameter, man. It's totally... Rhythmically makes so sense. So we, uh, we're, we're running out of time, and I, you know, I'm realizing that we barely shit on theater kids. You know, so let's just give a round robin of theater kids. Lay it on us, man. I mean, I grew up in the theater. Uh, one thing I, I, I hated about theater was that the only way, you know, you were always allowed to cut class, and that was really cool. But if you were going to skip theater class, you literally had to be crying. And if you were crying... You were totally allowed to sit in that rehearsal space. That's just like I think I feel like it kind of taught me how to be a pussy, and I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing, but oh, it's a great thing, Eddie. You're a big pussy. It's beautiful. I am. Beautiful. I, th- I think the the right way of looking at that is that it taught you how to play hurt. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. How to share your hurt. How to well, share like, it. I've, Actually, I've, I, I feel that's... like a lot of times when people are like a little bit sick or a little bit off or a little bit not feeling like it, they just opt out of whatever they're doing, and you could mm-hmm. not do that in theater. Yeah. Any more than you could do that at war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys uh, ever date within the theater? Amber, you were a theater kid too, right? Oh, yeah, total theater kid. Um, I loved it. A lot of kids were pussies, and mm. I was like, what the fuck? I remember because I directed a play, and a girl didn't know her lines, and she said, my grandmother died two days ago. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So why don't know? Why don't you know your lines again? <laughs> Suck it up. I Suck actually it up. married a military brat. I did not date any. The first theater person that I dated was post my marriage. Wow, really? Yes. And so you did. So you were doing theater. You were directing, but you were a director. You couldn't really. 
I was directing and acting. You were I directing was, and acting? Uh, and I was writing, and I was doing dramaturgy. Like, I was helping develop new plays and stuff. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was doing a little bit of everything. I also ran the box office. Like, I was... How was your acting time. like? I would love to see you act. I won... Uh, I The last time that I acted, I won uh, the Queenie Award. And you quit on the spot. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I get a monologue from colored girls who are afraid of uh, something when something's not enough. You played a black woman? It did. I played a black woman who laid an egg. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Colored Museum. It was a scene. It was a. It was a speech from the Colored Museum. Got Were you the queen. Do you know no, what this is? No, I don't. Not. That's ridiculous. Uh, <clears throat> the Queen's Players was a nonprofit theater organization that mm-hmm. now is at Secret Theater. And they the were, uh, they were a, uh, so you know Richard Mazza. So uh, it was Richard Mazza's original theater company that actually worked out of the creek. And I was the associate artistic director for that theater company. And I won a Queenie for my monologue from the Colored Museum, which is my one of my wow. favorite plays. But I'm an idiot. That's a great play. Nice work. The name of it. That's fucking cool. That's great. Um, but yeah, when I was in college, most of my scholarships were in performing, <clears throat> not in directing. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Cindy, were you ever a performer? I was a whole theater I seen you kid. in a play, all, dude. Are we all theater kids, Sam? Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Sam. No, no terrified. Sam no. loves to perform on stage alone. Just wood yes. shop for Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wood shop, auto shop. No, I, I, theater was great. I had a great time doing it. My, my parents thought it was great because it was it kept me from watching TV all the time. And I was So like, much. I mean, we talked about it earlier. So much pussy. Yeah, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I, was I got the, a lot of pussy in college. I was the lead in a play in high school, Splendor in the Grass, which my friends were like, Splendor in the Ass. Oh, is what they yeah. Always said. yeah, but a beautiful play nonetheless. Yeah, and I actually... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, got it was a gorgeous. I got a blowjob right before curtain. Like we went up to open the show, and I came out all flat because I had like kind of like because you like well your juju. I didn't know that that is bad to let the essence go before you. It's not good. I learned a good lesson. I had a professor my freshman year. I played Stella in Streetcar Named Desire, yeah. and he had me. Uh, I was instructed to masturbate in the bathroom mm. in the dressing room. Almost to completion before I went on stage every night. Almost. Wow. That was the rule. How almost old were you? To completion. Freshman of college. Okay. In college. I'll so never forget it. I came in after the first. In like, Virginia, you have to be sixteen, so it was fine. Uh, I came in after the first like old. scene was over, and my the acting director of the show was just like, "Hey, what's going on? You gotta get pumped up out there." And I was like, "I don't know what's going on." And I'm like, "Meanwhile, You're too I'm like, flaccid. Your performance <laughs> is so flaccid." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love theater. Everyone should go do it. Express yourself. I show agree. your fucking uh, vulnerabilities out there it doesn't happen enough to people. Now, Fike, you were a man who quit theater and then came back to become a master of it. And yes. So, I mean, <laughs> quit, no, like your fucking you. kung fu master. Yes, I had to go to sea for yeah. a while because I, I hate... No, I... I uh, it wasn't like a quit. It was more of just like a, a, a lazy brain uh, idiot uh, little bitchy thing that I was doing, which was like I got a job that was like really, really, really uh, cushy and uh, corporate, and I hated it. I hated it. Hated, yeah. hated it. Hated it. And um, but I did it for two years, mm. and that's when I got into improv. And I'm so happy that I did that. But that you was used to do naked it, improv it, it, with it, Henry. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, I've been naked with Henry a couple times. I'll improv with <laughs> Henry um, is naked. <laughs> and uh, it was wasn't good improv, but we did get naked. Um, but that was like how I kind of like filled that desire to perform in a safe way that didn't make me quit my horrible job and I could like still get all the gratification and still like drink with a bunch of people afterward and stuff like that so it's like I'm glad I did it because I it was like a huge 
learning how to do improv was a huge deal for me. But then I was yeah. like, I had to quit that job and quit all my improv team so that I would like have, I would need to get back into this other thing that I wanted to do. Absolutely. And uh, I think we actually got to wrap up. We're going over an hour. No, I need to talk point. about this more, Eddie. <laughs> like, well, you, you opened up a door that cannot be closed. You didn't even say the phrase daddy issues. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Daddy issues. Daddy. Now, uh... <laughs> daddy, daddy, where are you, daddy? Father. Maybe we should do a, a whole episode on daddy issues. I mean, Lord knows. Oh, I mean, great. I got a whole fucking... other brighter side. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, could... yeah, I mean, don't, I mean, we can't do this Eddie, now. Eddie, okay? You're getting upset already. I'm fucking... <laughs> You're already upset. Listen, all right, let's end. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go cry. Okay, sausages, all pierogies. shook up. Look at you. Oh, you where is he? Salad. Where is he? <laughs> Daddy. Daddy, I, mean, I know. It's somewhere in Nevada. You, He's father? hanging out. There's a Peruvian woman and another kid who thinks I'm his fucking brother. He's buried from the neck down, and there's vultures circling as we speak. You go find him. The sins of Looking the past. Looking for Daddy. All right. All right well, this is great. That's been the brighter side, guys. Thank you so much. Fike, you got any plays coming up? Do you get cast in anything recently? Uh, I, I have a play, my own play. I just wrote a play. Oh, that's right. You've been working on it for like a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm doing it with my company, my theater company. It's called Hazard Rep. And what's and the name of your theater company? The, it's Hazard Rep. Is oh, the name okay. Of the theater what's company. the name of the play? The play is called Cliff, and uh, it's going to probably next uh, February. Next so. Hell yeah. Nice. Do you have a space yet? Uh, can I do it at here? Yes. Okay. Look at that. Done. That's so easy. Look at that. Always and, be closing. And uh, Rebecca? Uh, New York Comedy Festival, November 5th to the 10th. There's programming all over the place at the Creek and elsewhere. And I'm super proud to be producing Adrian Prescott, uh, Trescott's new uh, play, which is a one-woman show about rape jokes that she tells naked from the waist down called Asking For It, wow. which is on November 19th and the 20th. And we'll be coming back for a proper run next that. fall. Oh, you can handle that. It. That it sounds to be more bottomless. It, it's comedy. intense, but it's pretty awesome. From the waist yeah? down. Yeah, and she went to. She did so it. So she's at going last pussy Montreal. out. Pussy out, and it's all jokes about rape jokes. Wow. So it is. It is her sort of like hour. her way of taking the power back for like forty-five minutes an hour. And this is also she, Rebecca Trent, the director of Unconstitutional. That's correct. And Colin Quinn will be back uh, the last week of October to perform on Monday, Tuesday, yep. Friday, and Saturday. This is going to be released on gonna the thirtieth. He's going to be 30th. doing a one-man show about uh, being a, a person growing up in racist New York in the 50s. Wow. Which is the show that I've been wanting from Colin since I heard of who Colin is. Racist New York. I love York. Colin. That's all hero. I want to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> I love him too. He's amazing. So Absolutely amazing. Human being. Amazing performer. Amazing comedian. Amazing Fuck everything. yeah, man. And uh, New York Comedy Festival, you can also see Murder Fist 11 8, 11 p.m. at the pit. Nice. And if you don't want to do that, you can also go see Roast Battle the same night, 11, 11 8, 10 p.m. at the Gramercy Theater. At I'll the be Gramercy. there. Come hey. see me. Hang out with me. What's the ticket price on the Roast Battle there? I don't know. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> like I don't know. $4 have million to dollars a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I, man. Somebody I'm put also, me on a list. Nice. I'm also doing Sashir Zameda's show, stand up show on November 6th. I forget what time. November sixth. Oh, that's yeah. eight o'clock. Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea yep. Chelsea at eight o'clock and the same night you can oh. also come see Too Fat, the show I host with Ben Kissel in Brooklyn. Oh, so there are things 
to, to do. do. Also on the 30th. This is coming out on the 30th? Yeah, the same you can day. check me out on Take Part Live on Pivot TV. Take it out. And it's gonna be, I want to be dressed up with Baratunde Thurston and Megan McCain debating issues <gasps> oh, of the day. Oh Fuck God. yeah. And that would be later tonight. You can come see fucking Murder Fist. How about all these goddamn shows? At the Creek in the Cave. <laughs> Murder Fist, October 30th. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be at the Creek in the Cave. Uh, I'm going to be showing my asshole. Just That's amazing. Stuff. Everyone's oh, showing their assholes the at the Creek in the Cave. That doesn't tomorrow matter night. what night you listen to this. Yeah, any night you listen That's to it. That's tomorrow it's night. Tomorrow <laughs> we're showing our assholes <laughs> at the Creek in the Cave. If we don't show you an asshole, then you get a free Tecate. Oh. That's, wow. That's the owner saying that. That's, that's amazing. That's a law. That's a, I think it's a health code yeah. violation. <laughs> but that's fine with me. And Sam, uh, you're wonderful as always. Then any, any cool Adam Thank videos you. coming out that we should know about? Oh, Lord. He's got a lot of things coming out. Yeah, um, we're working on editing, I think, you know, 10 or 12 web series. I heard God me, damn. I'm excited for the Undone Sweaters episodes. Season 2. Undone Sweaters Season 2 coming out. Uh, they're uh, in production on that right now. Uh, made to Order, Skinny Bitch Jesus Meeting. Some uh, good, looking, good looking guy in that yeah. show. Yeah, they're going to be rolling out. Yeah, Ryan Fike <laughs> featured in uh, Made to Order. I'm in it. Oh, yeah. I thought we were talking about Ed Lawson the whole time. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the brighter side. You're we all beautiful. You're all beautiful. <laughs> we love you. you so much. And taking us out this week is a song by The Temptations called Shaky Ground. Rediscover The Temptations, everybody. Get Don't worry about my girl. Don't worry about all that other bullshit. They have a very dark period that also got incredibly funky. And today we are listening to Shaky Ground. And you know what? So what if your papa was a general in the army? So what if you want to get out there and learn how to be an actor? Just enjoy your life. Be good to yourself. Don't be a shithead. And God damn it, remember that we love you, even if no one else does. Amen, America. Have a good night or day or whenever the hell you're going to listen to this. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.